Welcome to the South Asian Voices Subcontinental Podcast, featuring discussion of the security, strategy, politics, and history of South Asia. I'm your host, Samir Lawani, and in this special short episode of the Subcontinental, SAV's editor, Akriti Vasudeva, interviews our January 2017 cohort of SAV Visiting Fellows. everyone. My name is Akriti Vasudeva and I'm a research associate at the Stimson Center in Washington, D.C. and I'm the editor of South Asian Voices. And today I'm here with our January 2017 South Asian Voices visiting fellows. Um, so guys, would you please go ahead and introduce yourselves? Hi, my name is Mayuri Mukherjee. I'm from New Delhi, India. I'm a journalist with the Mint newspaper. I work for the Edit and Op-Ed team and I track foreign policy for my team. Uh, my name is Pushan. I work for the Observer Research Foundation in New Delhi. I track defense, modernization, and foreign policy for them, and I help organizing something called the Raisina Dialogue, which is India's premier foreign policy conclave. Hello, I'm Farhan Siddiqui. I'm from Islamabad, Pakistan. I teach at the School of Politics and International Relations at the Kaidiyazam University, Islamabad. So let's talk about how your experience has been over the past month as a visiting fellow. Um, what you've enjoyed, what you've learned, and what you're going to take back with you. Um, so, Farhan, what was the favorite aspect of the fellowship for you? I think the favorite aspect was uh, meeting people in D.C. Uh, from all shades, uh, from uh, academics to think tank people to people who do policy analysis, and uh, basically the exposure uh, in terms of ideas, of views, uh, of of the different things that go into uh, uh, different ideas that go into a research project on crisis management and conflict prevention. So, I think the exposure aspect of it was uh, one of my favorite aspects for the fellowship. Great. Um, so, Mayuri, tell us one thing that surprised you during your meetings in DC. I think the one thing that surprised me was. Um, the, the views of the experts on the Trump administration and how uh, there really wasn't, um, nobody knew, uh, nobody still knows what's happening. And, you know, that's uh, that came as a surprise because we landed the day after inauguration and we, you know, we were obviously all very keen to know how the Trump administration would view India, Pakistan, South Asia, etc. And across the board, no one knew. And, you know, there is the, the, that is possibly a bit of, an area of concern, and um, there was there was no uh, variety on that, or no di- diversity of views on that issue at all. Mm-hmm. Everybody across the board was just a blank slate. So that was that came as quite a bit of a surprise there. Right. Um, so you guys have had a lot of meetings while you were, you know, here during the fellowship. I think somewhere around thirty to thirty-five mm-hmm. meetings. Uh, so Pushan, which one did you enjoy the most? Uh, I would say that I enjoyed. A lot of the meetings, the ones at DOD, the ones at the State Department, but from the think tank community, I would say Lisa Curtis, because I think she encapsulated the view that the current administration has on the South Asian region. Great. Um, So let's talk about some of the research projects that you guys are pursuing here during the fellowship. So last week, you presented um, your findings at the Stimson Center Salon. Um, and you're doing joint research projects while you're here in D.C. So, Mayuri and Farhan, why don't you go first and talk about your project, and then Pushan, you can talk about yours as well. Uh, Mayuri and I are working on a project uh, which is titled as Crisis Ma- Management and Conflict Prevention in South Asia, and we're looking at uh, the Pathan Court, Pampur, uh, Nagrota, and Uri terror attacks, and looking at how Indian-Pakistan relations will manifest during these four uh, crisis episodes. 
so for crisis management, we're looking at uh, how legal mechanisms within Pakistan can be strengthened in order to stave off uh, issues of terrorism that Pakistan faces. And similarly, from the Indian side, we're looking at India's defense and security policies. On uh, conflict prevention, which is more longer term, uh, we're looking at the prospects of democracy and democratic consolidation in Pakistan. While for India, we're looking at good governance mechanisms in Kashmir. So the idea basically is to look at both uh, immediate measures that India and Pakistan can take uh, in order to prevent crisis from escalating. Uh, and in the longer term, looking at conflict prevention strategies which they can take in order to base a larger or a long-term peace process on. Mary, would you like to add something to that? Uh, no, I think France offered a fairly comprehensive view of uh, what we're doing here. Okay, Pushan, uh, I want you to talk about your project, and I just want to mention that Pushan's research partner, Saima Sial, who is also a visiting fellow here, wasn't able to make it today, but I'm sure you'll talk on her behalf. Uh, so Saima and I are working on the emerging naval nuclear dynamics in the Indian Ocean region, with a special focus on uh, the dynamics between India and Pakistan. Uh, this is especially relevant because both countries are now slowly beginning to explore the idea of going to sea with nuclear weapons. Uh, they in India has inducted the INS Arihant. Uh, Pakistan recently tested a submarine-launched cruise missile, which can be nuclearized. And we are exploring how these developments affect crisis stability in the region, with a special focus on the human security aspects of it, uh, how command and control is going to be affected when nuclear weapons go to sea, and also issues related to commingling where nuclear weapons are deployed on conventional platforms and how that affects escalation and inverted escalation. Thanks so much. These are really interesting topics and we're really looking forward to what you guys come up with in your policy memos in the next five months. Um, so let's talk a little bit about some of the latest developments. I mean, you guys came here right after the inauguration. Um, so what is the sense uh, about President Trump in India and Pakistan? I think, um, like in D.C. here, I don't think anybody realistically uh, knows what to expect from this administration. And I'm not saying that as a strong criticism or anything of that sort. I'm just saying that this is really an clean slate. And anybody who says that they know about what's going on, I don't think they are being very honest about it. Um, in India, uh, in general, I think there is, uh, if not optimism about Trump, I think the understanding was that given the current state of the bilateral relationship, which is largely positive, and there's bipartisan consensus uh, regarding the relationship, um, it would... it. A Trump administration or even a Clinton administration, either which way, wouldn't have made much of a difference in terms of where the relationship was going. It's fairly institutionalized at this point. So uh, individual personalities don't necessarily impact the relationship very much. This is not to say that um, there will be no changes and it's going to be status quo force. That's that, that's, that would be incorrect. But in general, we are you know, on a certain trajectory, and I don't think uh, that Indians expect a major change under Trump. Shan, do you want to add something to that? Uh, I think I disagree with Mayuri a little bit on this one. I think uh, while the relationship, the security relationship is fairly institutionalized between the the U.S. and India, and given both countries have a common interest in posturing or countering China in the Asia Pacific, I expect the cooperation to go on. But on everything else, especially with regarding to uh, 
the econ- economic relationship uh, uh, immigration issues i expect there to be a few hiccups i think people in india are quite worried about how this h1b visa issue is going to play out in the coming weeks uh people are also worried about how retaining jobs in the us is going to affect uh, india's make in india uh, policy especially in the defense sector so there are a few hiccups which one can expect to come up in the coming weeks but i don't expect that to change the trajectory of the indo us relationship I'd only like to add that some of these hiccups have existed even before Trump came to power. Mm-hmm. Uh, visa was something that was talked about even under Obama. Um, IP uh, regime, trade, uh, the, the, the low risk listing of India on the by the ITR. You know, the, the, these are issues, religious freedom issues, etc. These are things that have been talked about before, and and I'm not saying that those issues are going to go away, but those are issues. Those issues are not necessarily new. to a trump administration for honest their concern in pakistan because it largely understood that the focus of this administration is going to be on counter terrorism so do you expect pressure from uh, the us on pakistan uh, pakistan us relations are going through a crisis in the past uh, few years especially under the obama administration when there were incidents where both countries uh, did not have a, a common policy or a common vision uh, there were concerns also about the growing uh, a defense and security partnership with india uh, causing some concern in pakistan uh with the new administration equing what uh, uh, mayuri said that there's uh, not much to be had in terms of what the trump administration is going to do uh, even some officials within the state department or the dod have still not been named in the sense of what uh, uh, the policy outcome is going to be uh but generally when it comes to counter terrorism one expects that there will be much pressure on pakistan in terms of doing more this is carrying on uh, from what the obama administration was saying with respect to pakistan uh but i think uh, pakistan will still have a key role to play in terms of uh, the focus of the trump administration on afghanistan pakistan will be a key player in shaping uh, uh the dynamics that take place within afghanistan so in that sense uh, pakistan will be a focus for the trump administration uh, but maybe with a bit more conditionalities uh, than what uh, was evident during the obama administration great so as we sort of wrap things up here i just wanted to get your thoughts on you know sort of reflect about the fellowship talk to me about some specific professional development takeaways that you have from the fellowship mayuri i think um you know the meetings that we had here in dc were extremely uh, important and valuable and they really sort of added to our um, understanding of the policy making processes here and that really sort of informs our analysis uh, back home um, i write the editorials for my paper and you know often we use terms like the trump administration did this or the us government did that but what does it really mean who actually came up with that process how did we actors who are the actors in the process especially you know the i mean like every government the us government it's a big uh, you know there are lots of bureaucracies different bureaucracies involved and they work uh, often even in conflict with each other often uh, as two, two separate wings that don't necessarily know what's going on with each other just like any bureaucracy bureaucracies across the world and it's very important to understand how those factors interact and come to a policy position um to really understand sort of where we stand and you know when we comment on relationships i thought uh that as a as a foreign policy analyst and as someone who writes editorials for my paper that kind of that really informs my work back home for and what are your thoughts what what were your lessons learned 
Um, I think in terms of uh, our meetings at the State Department and the DOD, I think one of the important insights was to assess how uh, the U.S. Foreign Policy Administration works. So in that sense, it was good to have an opinion about how much South Asia figures into U.S. policy. Uh, and that has been an eye-opener in the sense of how different administrations have viewed South Asia. So that's a perspective which has been very important, very enlightening. Uh, in terms of specifics, uh, I think interacting with people uh, at Stimson, at other places, uh, I think the salon was in was an excellent uh, you know activity. Uh, we presented our ideas, which were still uh, in a in some rudimentary form, but it was good to some it was good to get some very important feedback uh, from people from other institutes. They ask us questions. So I think uh, one of the highlights was the salon itself, uh, making our presentation, our ideas being challenged and we responding to it. So uh, I think that's, that is something because the final at the end of it, we are supposed to have a policy memo. So uh, all of the things or all of the ideas discussed will go into it. So that I think was a very productive part of uh, our stay at Simpson. And maybe you can talk about the non-research aspects of the fellowship. What did you enjoy doing while you were here? Uh, I'm going to begin by echoing Mayuri and Farhan. Uh, I think the fellowship is an excellent uh, platform which gives you a lay of the land in terms of uh, how policymaking is done in D.C., especially the think tank world and how that feeds into U.S. government policy. But uh, on the more enjoyable aspects of living in D.C., I would say... Uh, it's a great place to go discover new cuisines. It's a great place to go drinking. And uh, uh, the people are generally friendly. And uh, we've had a good stay here, I guess. The, the weather monuments. The, the monuments are great. Yeah. And please go check out all the museums, which are free. Exactly. <laughs> Sounds like an ad for DC. Um, so, Saru, just coming to the end, um, just talk to us about where you're going ne next, what you're going to be working on when you go back to your home countries. I go back to teaching at the uh, Kaidiyazm University. So my semester starts as soon as I get back. So it's back to teaching, plus working on the policy memo for the next five months. So plus other research targets. That's what the plan is. Kushan? Uh, I am not going back to my job from which I'm sabbatical from. I go back to India and go to something fun, which is go motorcycling in the northeast of India for a week. And then I go to the go to Southeast Asia, I go to Taiwan for another fellowship, and then I come back and join ORF and start working on the next Tricena Dialogue, which is next January. We're all so jealous. Mayuri? Totally. Uh, hard to beat that, but uh, like Farhan, I'm going to go back to work, uh, to, to, to my office, and uh, you know, back to writing editorials and commissioning op-eds and that kind of stuff. Uh, but also, uh, I look forward to working with Farhan um, on our policy memo. Uh, before we came to D.C., Farhan and I had you know, spoken over Skype, and we did some meetings then, but I think now that we have actually met each other and had sp have spent a lot of time discussing and researching our proposal, uh, we look forward to making good progress on that. Great. Thank you so much, guys. This was a real pleasure. Thank, Thank, you. Thank you very you. much. Thank you. Thank you. The South Asian Voices Visiting Fellowship is a six-month, two-part research fellowship. It combines research and writing components with extensive exposure to the D.C. security community. The Stimson Center South Asia program offers visiting fellowships twice a year to outstanding scholars. SAV Visiting Fellows are hosted for one month at the Stimson Center in Washington, D.C. Fellows work together in pairs to develop a co-authored research project while meeting with senior scholars at universities and think tanks. 
along with leading practitioners who work on South Asian security issues. Fellows also contribute monthly analysis to SAP for the duration of the six months. To learn more about the South Asian Voices Visiting Fellowship, go to the About page of SouthAsianVoices.org. That's all for today, folks. Thanks for listening, and tune in for the next episode of The Subcontinental. I'm your host, Samir Lawani, signing off.